0: Hi, this is Ty Heath, founder of Transform Her, director of market engagement at B Two B Institute, and former president of LinkedIn's Black Inclusion Group. I think information, inspiration, and action are a catalyst for transformation, and this is Tech Wrap Queen
1: Royal Court. It's time. Let the gem dropping begin. Energy. Vibes, inspiration. I'm Renee Reed, and this is Tech Rap Queen. Royal Court, you know, I am always excited when I am able to introduce another queen. She is just a presence, a force, a beacon. Um, and a pillar for so many and inspiration to so many. And that's why she is on Tech Rap Queen, to drop these gems uh, and to provide a guiding light to so many like myself. My sister friend, Miss (laughs) Ty Heath, welcome to Tech Rap Queen.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And I can tell this is gonna be a mutual admiration society conversation because the feeling is so mutual.
1: I am expecting a lot of kikiing because, um, one, we just there's just such a synergy, and like you said, such an admiration, such a mutual respect. Um, uh, I want to do a quick flashback two years ago in Dallas. We had the incredible experience and pleasure of listening to our forever first lady, Miss Michelle Obama, speak, um, <clears throat> front row. Mm-hmm. front row. And and we said this like right after the event. It was literally, she was literally speaking directly to us because there was such eye contact, like yeah. intentional eye contact. What was that moment like for you?
0: Before we even go there, can we just talk about the inauguration outfit? The, the burgundy. I was like the belt. I mean, I I can't. It, it, I just. It's in my mind. It's. So, it was so beautiful, so much grace. Just like pow pow. Like, wow. so good. Shout out wow. to
1: Sergio Hudson, uh, designer from <laughs> South Carolina. He was just. Yeah. He just did his thing. Yeah. Nailed um, it. So nailed it. But that burgundy. Yeah. Listen, I need to step up my peacoat game because that just was looking at my closet. Like, oh girl, this we don't have to do better. <laughs>
0: Well, we're all inspired, we're
1: We're all inspired. inspired.
0: But um, so Renee, um, at the event, you and I were chatting and we were like, okay, we have to let Michelle know we're here, we have to let her know we're in the audience. So we, you know, we're on our phones, we're tweeting at her, this is before she comes on stage. We need to let her know that there is a rack of us sitting in the front row, just sending her all positive vibes and just there for her. And I am I am certain like you can't tell me that she didn't know because when she came out I was like I think she's looking directly at us and then you know as she was talking there were some things she said I was like she's speaking to us. this
1: is 100
0: what's happening and it, I, what was that day like? Um, I It was the I'd, I've seen her speak before but I hadn't I had never been that close to the stage. Every time she speaks, I'm moved by her grace, uh, by her leadership, by how she frames what's possible for women mm. uh, how she shows up for the next generation. And I, I admire her like so deeply. So being able to hear her speak and then also be surrounded by my friends and, and colleagues, and being able to share that moment with you, Renee and our friends, Uh, that was next level.
1: That was next level. It really was next level. When she speaks, she's really speaking to you, in you, through you, speaking to um, so many parts of who you are as a woman, as an individual, as a a member of a collective, and you literally feel it um, as she's speaking because it's so authentic.
0: And you know, her book, I was t- the pages were turning because I she is a vivid
1: storyteller. Yes.
0: Um, so many poignant moments and humor
1: too. Yeah. Um, it was,
0: it's just, just amazing.
1: It's just so real.
0: Very much. very yes. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it.
1: Loved it. Before we jump into all the things, Ty and all the amazing work uh, that you're doing. I would love to hear from you. How are you finding joy or even uh, take it a step deeper? How are you protecting your energy during this time?
0: Oh my gosh. So many things. I mean, so I think first and foremost, like these times, it can be a lot. So this, (laughs) I am so glad you're opening with this, Mm. I mean, taking care of yourself so you can show up for other people that I think it starts there. So I am trying to get the sleep that I need. I am making sure I'm eating well and making sure I'm working out moments of joy. though above and beyond that, I love reading. So a little bit of a sci-fi nerd. Well, not a little bit, a lot, a lot. So a lot of like sci-fi books, uh, writing. So I enjoy writing. Um, and then on the other side of things, dancing. So I have, uh, (laughs) Jamaican heritage. And so I have to put some dance hall and some soca and we can't be out and about. So, you know, that might happen every once in a while around my house, like just having fun, um, cooking. And, you know, I think the other thing is just how do you maintain your connection with, with people that will lift you up and just like keep you grounded. So every Sunday I, I have soul Sundays with Two or three people just to catch up, just to like make sure we're continuing to focus on the things and the inner work that we're doing and just be there for each other. And I've been doing that now week over week over week, and it's made a massive difference for me.
1: Is this so Sunday what your uh, like a brunch Girl meetup would be or is this something different because we listen we love a good brunch missing our sunday brunches with the girls
0: uh so you know that brunch is like one of my favorite things (laughs) and i it is one of the things i miss most so it's like how can you recreate that um in your house maybe it's just with some tea coffee a croissant maybe you know just to chat it up hear how folks are doing and like laugh and cry sometimes too, because that's, that's important too. So it's been, it's been really, really bomb for my soul. I would say.
1: I love that you mentioned crying. I think Mm -hmm. there's such a stipulation or connotation with crying that, Mm -hmm. you know, people should be ashamed or things like that, but it's such a cleansing and a release when you're able to cry especially when you're surrounded by people who support you.
0: Right. And, you know, I think we have to give ourselves grace. We are, we are all human. This is, this is tough. This is tough. It's, a, it's, an, it's something we're all dealing with, and it's not just the pandemic. There are a number of different life challenges that we're all working through at the same time. You know, I, it is cleansing, and it's just water coming out of the eyes. No big deal. No big deal.
1: Big deal. I want to jump into the work that you are doing for the community in creating a community and a space to help women transform themselves. Let's get into it. Let's talk about your baby that has become mm-hmm. uh, such a platform for so many people with Transform Her. How did it start? Where the vision come from, and lead us up to uh, what's coming up for this year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this is this is a passion of mine. Um, I so I had the privilege of serving as LinkedIn's Black Inclusion Group president, and you know when you're in a space like that, I mean it is uh, such an important responsibility and. It's, it's a space and an opportunity to create community, but a space also where you can think about how you can bring to bear the resources of a company to make things happen and move things forward. And so I wanted to create something that lasted beyond the tenure of my time at LinkedIn. And uh, as I was thinking about what's needed, I also wanted to shine a light on communities that really need support. And when you look at pay equity, when you look at representation in leadership, when you look at opportunities and connections, uh, So the idea was, why not bring together women of color, and not just women of color, active allies across technology to have a conversation about the challenges, obstacles, and opportunities that confront us all. So touch that we can chart a way forward. So the idea was born in a conference room at LinkedIn. Uh, I shared this idea with my wonderful co-founder Ezra Zimbler. And he's such a uh he's a white man. He was the he was the first white person, I think, to be part of LinkedIn's Black Inclusion Group, and he continues to be so involved. And due to his work, we've had a number of white people and allies really rolling up their sleeves. So I'm, he is a friend. He is like, he means so much to me, Uh, but he brings a real operational uh, mindset to the conversation. And he helped uh, me launch and produce the first Transform Her four years ago. And so the idea of the investment is really to think about how do we bring together people who are often by themselves or who are very few within companies across tech together in this conversation and to invest at the level of self such that you can then empower community and the world in a way that aligns with, also aligns with LinkedIn's mission of expanding economic opportunity. So we want people to leave transform her with more connections to advance, with more resources, and we wanna focus also on action. So we want people to ask themselves, what will I now do as a result of what I've heard here today? So I think that's a key point as well uh, in the Transform Her conversation. Uh, so four years later, we are having a virtual event. Uh, the last event, we had over 102,000 views of the content. I'm so excited for us to being able to scale that again. And we were coming back on... Friday, March 19. You will hear topics, not just business, everything from like things that impact your life. Like we had a conversation about freezing your eggs and the decision to do that. We've had conversations on standards of beauty and we've had conversations on how do you network? How do you manage up? So it's the whole person and we make sure we do it alongside allies. So that they can learn from and be a part of the journey. So I know I'm saying the most, but this is the, this is my baby <laughs> and Ezra's baby, <laughs> and we're so proud and uh so excited for what we're gonna bring on, again Friday, March 19th.
1: As you should, and we're gonna put the links to everything yeah. to see where you can uh watch even the previous Transform Her four years, four years,
0: and. And Renee, you have been a part of the experience too, you blessed us with your presence as well. So I mean, people will get to see that, and it, yeah, it's it's very encouraging to see the conversation, especially given uh, what we're facing today. I mean, in the the, the Transform we had last year was right after the George Floyd murder, and being able to have a provide a space for that conversation on the protests that were going on in the aftermath uh, meant a lot to me. And also, uh, I mean, for our community to be able to process and actually come together and know that you're not alone in dealing with that and managing through that.
1: we're seeing a lot of interest in being a part of allyship movement um so a lot of people are are joining now right along their journey but just as a personal kind of anecdote like I, there's so many people who have been on the front lines before that have laid so much of this foundation who did it at a time where it wasn't popular it wasn't something that people, you know, there wasn't like a mass movement. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you view this change of interests of people now engaging um, in this kind of mass movement to mm-hmm. amplify Black voices, be a part versus before when it was like it, this has always been there. <laughs> uh, so I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah,
0: this is this is not new, uh, and I think. Uh, before going forward I think I do think it is important that we ha- acknowledge the history and have people do the work, especially folks that are entering this conversation for the first time there are a whole host of resources to understand the journey as we as we move forward. I have been encouraged by what I've seen the shift, uh, the the int- levels of interest that I haven't seen before, people actually rolling up their sleeves and doing the work, uh, people asking hard questions and having hard conversations, more hard conversations than we had before. I think the important thing to understand about the way forward together is that, is to embrace and accept the fact that it's not going to be a comfortable path uh, the, these conversations are about humanity. They're imperfect, they're messy, uh, people make mistakes. And in particular for allies, you know, if this is your first step in the journey, it's important that you embrace that you will likely make a mistake, but to understand that the commitment you're making is part of what leadership looks like and stepping into that space of doing the work and learning and understanding that active allyship means it means taking action, right? It means saying the things and doing the things when no one's watching, and, and using your privilege and power to affect change. Um, we see the direction the world is going. Uh, leader, being a powerful leader, being it means being an inclusive leader it means being someone who can recognize the talent and the potential of all people. And what's possible. Uh, so I'm excited to see the investment taking place. I'm excited to see uh, people from underrepresented communities being acknowledged for the work that they've been doing all along and having people understand that they're not coming in to save the conversation or save a community, but to work alongside the community and and elevate people that are already on the ground that understand the conversation and listen for where you can make a difference and really tap into that. Uh, So I've been incredibly encouraged um, and just really proud. Uh, At Transform Her last year, for example, um, I think it was the, the highest number of active allies I've seen or allies join the conversation. Um, And that cheered me because you could see, I mean, one of the beauties of virtual events is that you can see what people are thinking because they're typing it into the chat. Whereas when you're like looking out into an audience, you don't necessarily know how people are processing the information that's being shared. Um, So even just being able to see in the chat while watching some of the sessions in particular the allyship session the response uh, and how people were taking in the information, I was incredibly encouraged uh, because it's like a drop in a pond, that ripple effect goes out because now you have more people empowered to have those conversations in their communities with their families. And that's where the hard work is, right? Because if mm-hmm. I say something, it may not land. But if a white person says something to someone in their family that's someone they love and care about that's a friend you know that's someone they who they respect and listen to and it might resonate it might shift things and I would like to see more of that I think that's where we need to go next
1: what differences are they making in their own backyard in their own house in terms of getting your own house in order or trying to um, as well. So those are just interesting conversations to have. I want to talk about something that you mentioned, which I think was interesting in terms of looking at the resources of a company to see where you can facilitate or create change and uh, leveraging that. No one told you, hey, Ty, go do this thing, <laughs> right? Where did you muster up the, the courage, the vision to say, to get those resources or support from your teams from because I think that's important right Like a lot of people may want to do things but they don't know how to navigate that the ask the request and um, would love for you to share your insights on how you went about doing that.
0: Yeah, a couple different things. <laughs> so I have been uh, fortunate uh, mm-hmm. to be surrounded by uh, friends and family who push me. Uh, to think bigger uh, by mentors who have poured into me. Um, and, he, and I think, you know, part, part of it in stepping into the role uh, as president of LinkedIn's Black Inclusion Group, you, you actually sit down and you think about what, what is the strategic plan? What is the vision that you have? And, you know, one of the things I recognized as we started the work is, you know, the ERG is more than just a place to convene, you know, for the sake of community. That's a very important function of an employee resource group, but it can be so much more. And by the way, if for anyone looking at uh, models for employee resource group and employee resource group maturity and how that shifts over time, there's research on this. You know, mature employee resource groups are not just for convening community and doing social things. They are partners to the business in moving initiatives forward, to providing information, to being consultants, to running initiatives, to doing research, to partnering with leaders. Um, So it, it occurred to me that the scope of what we could be delivering on could be so much bigger, um, and I say that having stood on the shoulders of previous um, Black employee uh, Black employee uh, leaders that had come before me at LinkedIn that did amazing work. So I was also encouraged by the progress they made um, to push further and to think about what can we what legacy can we leave. Uh, also at LinkedIn. Uh, with our employee resource groups, you are assigned uh, a sponsor of that employee resource group. And at the time, our sponsor was a gentleman named Mike Gampson. Shout out to you, Mike. Um, And when I brought him the first plan, even having imagined it alongside Greg Butler, uh, shout out to you, Greg Butler, he was the vice president. um, We presented the plan to Mike Gampson, who was the sponsor. And he was like, are you thinking big enough? And Greg and I looked at each other and we were like, bet (laughs) if, if, you know, so I think um, we were fortunate to be in the space we were in, in terms of realizing there was an opportunity to push forward. And we were also surrounded by leadership that was open to it. And then we had a team, an amazing team of people working with us that, saw the vision and wanted to see it realized. So that included launching Transform her, launching a mentorship program, launching allyship academy at LinkedIn, partnering with our diversity inclusion and belonging organization, partnering with other employee resource groups, uh, thinking, okay, it's if we partner with the women at LinkedIn group, if we partner without it in the LGBTQ group and we all come together, that's even more resources. One voice makes an impact, but if you can corral and bring together multiple voices, now you have a force. One voice makes an impact, but if you can corral and bring together multiple voices, now you have a force.
1: Gem drop. I absolutely love that. That with one voice, you can make an impact. But collectively, you can have a force. That's right. That's, that's major.
0: Right. I, it's a mantra for me. I, I try not to do big things by myself. Uh, I think one of the things that we can all take on is, you know, our capacity to share more about what, what it is we're out to achieve in the more, in the, in the more, in the more, in, in the world. And, to, uh, you know, enroll people in that vision such that they go along with you on that journey. Um, it's more fun that way, and you're you're able to drive uh, more impact. I, I mean, the simp- the simply put, don't roll alone. <laughs> <It's> just, the, <laughs> just the easy way. I I try to remember it as a mantra. Like I just don't roll by myself. I I try to always bring people along on the journey. And part of being able to do that successfully means. Working on your capacity to enroll people in the vision of a new future, or what's possible, and when they can see that and feel that for themselves, then they'll invest in that in that vision. And Renee, I hope you're okay with me saying that you were a member of that team, and I'm—I was so grateful to have you as a partner in that journey as well.
1: First of all, thank you. You were like like I mentioned earlier, a, a beacon of just light and, and leadership that I saw that as someone who was new, um was like, okay, all right, we can we had can make this just, happen.
0: Had you just joined when did you I think you were you like I, a year in or was it less than a not year? Even, not even,
1: not even a yet. year. Yeah. But months. Months in. <laughs> months in. So you came um,
0: in. Like, yes. <laughs> Bay, you
1: know, the Bay area. he <laughs> was like, all right, let's go.
0: let's
1: go. Let's go. Let's take a step back. Let's go on the time machine.
0: <laughs> and
1: <laughs> let's go back to a younger tie. What are you aspiring to be? Where are you going to school? Take us back there to (laughs) that journey of your life.
0: Yes. Um, Young Tai was, and is still actually, (laughs) very much interested in politics, in culture, in what's going on in the world. Uh, I am... I was, and still am, very moved by the power of words. And I think the reason why I was attracted to government and politics is because that that space is about moving people and moving things forward. And so at the time I was just reading about culture and social studies, probably like my favorite class in high school. I ended up going to Georgetown University, right in the heart of Washington, DC, um, with the idea that I would get involved in government, with the idea that um, maybe perhaps I could be an ambassador for the United States. Like all These were all young Thai dreams. I was also running track and field. And so I wanted a school that had like a strong track program too. So Georgetown was like the place for me Uh, I was a middle distance runner. They had some, I mean, just amazing runners. Shout out to my girls from Georgetown track and field. And the whole field team. And I had an amazing time. Um, And uh, the journey to tech, (laughs) I mean, they're like, okay, politics. Like, how did you end up in tech? Long story short, uh, because I you know I think the story is similar for a lot of people of color. Um, you know, my parents are Jamaican. Tech wasn't really on the radar. and you know, we grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in upstate New York, so it was Jamaicans in the snow. Um, but it it was kind of like doctor lawyer engineer, like which one, you know, and so it was sort of serendipity. Uh, Because as I graduated from Georgetown, I was a top ranked 800 meter runner for the United States, and the Olympic trials was coming up. And so I had a, a sort of a pivot point or two paths forward. I could stay in DC and kind of just forget about that dream and go into government or something else, or I could put all of that on pause and move to the Bay Area and join the Nike farm team with a goal of trying out for the Olympics. And so that type of opportunity doesn't come about very often in one's life. So I decided to move to the Bay area and train at Stanford university with the Nike farm team. Um, It was terrifying, uh, but that whole experience exposed me to so much. So one amazing lessons from a career in track and field while at the same time, dropping me right into the heart of Silicon Valley and exposing me to the world of tech. And what's possible when not only can you move people and deliver messages, but do that at scale, which is what really resonates for me about um, being in tech and being in a space of marketing within the world of tech. So uh, fast forward, I'm in MBA program and uh, I had gone, this is sort of an unconventional choice because most people go into an MBA program with the idea that you are going to then like either pivot to another corporation or you are going to, you know, just get more versed in your space and then maybe jump into a more senior role tie when I'm t- talking about myself in the third person. Um, so I, when I was looking at MBA, getting my MBA, I, 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 a goal for me in life is just to continue to learn. Um, that's very, if, if I'm not learning, I'm not happy. I'm like, I need to keep moving. So I wanted to get an MBA, A, because I wanted to understand the science of marketing and what I had gotten from working at Google, which is where I worked for some time um, before going back to school, was just the, like, advertising. I wanted to understand the science, the strategy, so I went back for that, but my intent wasn't to go work for another company, at least not right away, it was to then leave and do my own thing in the space of marketing. And so as I was looking at schools, um, the a professor at uh, Emory was like, well, if you come, he was the professor of entrepreneurship. He was like, well, if you come here, I'm going to help you launch a business before you leave. And so I said, bet. OK, that will be my choice because, you know, this gentleman was very successful, had launched multiple businesses. And I had I, I loved what he had to say. And he made a commitment and he followed through on it. Um, I, I launched a consulting agency after my first year uh, in business school. And I um, was a member of, of the marketing consultancy program at the school. So I had a, access to a closet where we stored all of our stuff. So I used the closet as my office. I, had like, <laughs> I was surrounded by like random Boxes and all kinds of stuff, and just running this consultancy out of this office. And um, you know, it was it was tough balance. I will say it was tough balancing it alongside schoolwork. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I think I was able to emerge with a client base. You know, I I I, I was able to hit the ground running uh, after graduating because uh, of the work that I did while I was there. To launch it. And so it was a marketing uh, consultancy in the space of business, business to business. Um, it's uh, inbound marketing for those of you familiar with it. Uh, and so that's what I did.
1: I'm sure there's maybe some trepidation. I
0: was, I mean, you, you have a little, you have the few portions here, you know, I was like, this could fail miserably and I'll be living in a cardboard box, eating out of a can. And I was like, you know what? No, that's not going to happen. We're mm-hmm. not, that's not going to happen and you know i think um there are certain points in your life like i didn't i at the time i didn't have any major obligations or responsibilities and so i was like when will it get easier for me to try this Hello? So it's only going to get harder for me to give this a shot and i have no regrets because you know you learn grit you learn resilience you learn how to sell so if you don't sell, you don't eat. Um, so, and there were there were some hard times. but um, to to know that you are someone who can cook something up, meaning like cook up, uh, uh, figure it out and survive, that's something I can always lean on.
1: And would you say in going through that experience, that grit, that understanding how to you know make it happen, you've leveraged those skills even today in, creating, transform her and all the projects. So these are skill sets that you still are able to leverage in some way.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, I think being the main thing I would say, I would point to, uh, for folks listening is just getting in the practice of being uncomfortable and, um, you know, jumping off and sort of building your airplane as you're like in the air and knowing yourself to be someone who can do that Mm -hmm. um, you will figure it out and, and just become comfortable with the uncertainty of it all. Um, That is, if if you're going to invest in yourself, you know, look at that thing that when you think about it, there's that little fear pit in your stomach, but at the same time, what do they say? Like fear and excitement are sort of two sides of the same coin. It's also that thing that you're, you're passionate about. And so I've tried to as much as I can not shy away from that and sort of take a hard look at that and in and, and run and, and ask myself, how can I take an intelligent risk? Because so this isn't about being wild and like not thinking through and not having a plan. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I am saying um, pay attention to that because that might be an area or a skill you can develop but it will require you to put yourself in an uncomfortable position. But then you know yourself to be someone who can do that. I mean, just think about any development around anything. Like there's something that seemed really hard to you five years ago. Now you do it just like drinking water.
1: Intelligent risks, Mm -hmm. there's a difference.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. we're not just being wild out here with it we're just you gotta have a plan
1: there's <laughs> <was> some guardrails <laughs> little bit of guardrails going in here <laughs> how does ty show up fully as herself as a black woman in the spaces uh, that you're in mm-hmm.
0: so this is something that is a never-ending journey um you know i call it It's like a mountain with no top, uh, because everything, you know, as a woman of color, I mean, everything tells you that you don't belong, um, that you're different, that your voice doesn't matter, that you're not beautiful. So you're constantly dealing with all of these forces that are telling you that you're less than. And so for, you know, people walking through the world in, This in this skin, uh, you know, it 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 takes to be able to show up. It starts with you being on your own journey of getting your worthiness, understanding that in spite of all the things that all that whatever the society is telling you that you love yourself, that you don't need anyone else's validation, that it doesn't matter what people think. That it doesn't matter if they're upset with something you said, that you're not there to make them feel comfortable, but you're there to speak truth. You're there to shine a light. You're there to fulfill on an intention. And to be able to do that and to be able to do that and show up powerfully, it does require that inner work of really fully understanding to your core that you are worthy, you are deserving, that you should and deserve to take up space, time, energy because what you have to say matters. And so for me, um, consistently doing that inner work, uh, consistently doing work to make sure that I'm connected to my own inherent worthiness as a human being and tuning out whatever society is telling me so that I can fulfill on what I'm here to fulfill on, um, to live a life that's worthy of the time that we're spending on this planet right? We don't have forever on this planet. So let's, my goal is to show up and I I encourage everyone who, who maybe for a moment, you're questioning your worthiness to start to do that inner work. I know maybe it sounds fluffy woo woo, but it's, it's so important um, for you because everything starts with how do you see yourself? So I'll leave it at that.
1: This has been amazing. I just love hearing you speak and just blessing the people with all the knowledge that you have. I'm excited about your journey and all the amazing things that you're doing for yourself, for the community. And just thank you for being just a beacon and a pillar for so many, including myself.
0: Thanks for creating the space for these conversations. Appreciate the opportunity to share
1: be sure to check out this week's show notes where you can find out how to register for TransformHer 2021 and join the TransformHer LinkedIn group. Did we mention that this conference is free? This incredible conference with amazing speakers, including just recently announced the keynote speaker, Boz St. John, the Chief Marketing Officer of Netflix. You don't want to miss it. Definitely come through. As always, Royal Court, be well, stay blessed, peace. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. To find out more about Tech Rap Queen, be sure to visit therene.com. That's T-H-E-E renee.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at the underscore underscore Renee.